What do we think the chances are that Ferber just completely forgot? He's dependable. He's a pro. He's a pro. He's a talent. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, June the 1st. The arrival of meteorological summer has a, has happened. Um, there you go. There's a fun there's a fun fact for you this evening. Uh, <laughs> even though it is summer, um, we, we can't take the podcast completely off the air. That's not how this works. Uh, so we've we've got our off season content is is just a cooking. Uh, we we've had two really um, gosh I would almost say surprisingly good um, podcasts the last couple of weeks. Considering you know the off season topics are always a little bit dicey. You're never really sure what you're going to get, right? Um, but the last two have been really good and certainly have uh, fostered plenty of discussion. Um, we're going to touch briefly on last week's topic before we move forward this week and talk about some uh, potential well I guess I shouldn't frame it that way should I um, talk about some upgrades to Scott Stadium that we wish we would see let's do it that way I don't want to give anybody the impression that like we've heard like little birdies who have said that all of a sudden Scott Stadium is going to have a, a dome or some nonsense right um, so anyway so we're going to talk through some of that um, before we get started let's go around and introduce everybody for now at least everybody is one David Spence in Fisherville how's it going my friend I've got power, so doing better than some people. Um, also, my my uh, my redness from being in the sun all weekend is finally starting to uh, <laughs> fade away a little bit, so I can be in public now. Who days on the board at Who days on Twitter? Um, every once in a while, um, one of you guys will say something that um, I can't write down fast enough. Um, I can be in public now is definitely going to be the uh, title of this episode. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, as alluded to moments, here, uh, moments ago, um, Justin Ferber is not on the podcast so far um, because he apparently does not have power. He, <laughs> he started to join the show and then promptly vanished. Um, so, yeah. We do not know at this point if he will return uh, at some point this evening. I mean, I hope, hopefully, at some point. He'll return to the podcast. Um, so we'll wait and see um, how that one sorts out. But for now, it'll be Dave and I uh, piloting the ship. Uh, Dave, I think it's safe to say that um, the fact that we did not mention the good old song seems to have been met with a great deal of consternation among some folks who heard last week's podcast. We also did not mention um, the V Sabres, Wahoos, Cavaliers, many other things. Um we did not mention um, a lot of things that we actually sort of, you know, like or that are tied in directly with the school and the teams and such. So I, I, I kind of feel like those are sort of grandfathered in, like those were ex- expected. I mean, you know, you ask somebody, you know, 
what they know about UVA games. Not many of them are going to be like Antonio Dingle's uh, contacts, right? Uh, but they all know the good old song. But I, I believe you have a uh, a list of, of things we can discuss and maybe some other omissions that we should um, at least consider uh, adding to the record. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, leaving off the good old song or the V Sabres were intentional by any means. It's just, you know, I think we were trying to uh, come up with stuff that was kind of out there and a little more fun um, during the bulk of it. But yeah, I mean, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of just put together our, you know, whatever the top was. Um, Cause we threw out like 20 something last week. Um, say those were the two that I heard the most. Why didn't you say that? Well, that's why. Um, but I think if you took a top five of Virginia things, those are definitely be in it. Um, so I put together a little top five and going to have you and Ferber debate if you wanted to change the order or if you thought one of them was wrong, but um I mean, I think the good old song would be in the top five if you want to include it in this list. Um, Ahmad's victory celebration. And then I've got to put the old hat tosser in there um, <laughs> for the top five. Um, and then I think the shot, you know, Virginia fans going crazy over shot clock violation is probably top five, just given where the basketball program is. Um, and then the fifth, uh, it's either uh, Dex's visor or the telestrator in the sky to me. So, um, I think that one's debatable. The top three or four, I think, are pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in these kinds of situations, right, like there's there's always going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be a wide range of folks who think, um, who, 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 all right, f- f- there are going to be a wide range of people who, who listen to the show and then had their, their thoughts and then they read something of somebody else's thoughts and were like, yes, that, exactly, right, that. Um, that's just the way these things work. Um, I, I think you're, that's a good list. Um, I, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, there were, there were a handful of really good ones, um, that came out of, I feel like we got, especially later on in, in the, um, the conversation, a bunch of really good ones sort of popped out. Um, yeah. but the problem with these kinds of lists is like, okay, if you pick five man, that's a whole lot left on the cutting room floor. Okay. Well, if you pick 10, well, you're still leaving a lot on the cutting room floor, right? Like, the problem with lists and, and choices and stuff is that you're always going to have some that, some really good ones like you know that got left out. Um, we are now joined um, by one Justin Ferber, who uh, apparently has power again. Ferber, welcome to the podcast. How are you? At least at least for right now, yeah. I, I like the idea of you being here for a little while and then vanishing periodically. Um, hey, you never know. We'll just have to see what happens. <laughs> This is exactly what you wanted at the end of the day is to get on the podcast and then have the power go out immediately. It was literally like as soon as I connected to our call and I was like, oh, well, I guess it's just isn't happening. Yes, it's just not <laughs> meant to be. Um, but I'm glad that you're able to make it. Hopefully you'll be able to hang around a while. Dave has now read. I don't know if you could pick up from the context clues where in the conversation we are. But Dave has now uh, read. Are the we talking people. about his team still? His best? No, team? gosh, I wish we were. Um, that was so much Me more. Me too. Oh, God, yeah. do I ever. <laughs> Um, but we were talking about the, his, his top five list of UVA stuff. Um, that was the hardest thing that I think I've ever tried to like put into words. Like I was sitting there and I was like, all right, what am I going to like? What, how am I going to refer to this thing? And then it's even worse, like on Twitter, cause you only have a certain number of characters like, and like on the cut line on the front page of the story or the front page of the site with the, you know, the, the podcast in it. I mean, like trying to describe what that thing was 
it was a was a was an interesting uh, endeavor on its on its own. Anyway, Ferber, um, do you have any thoughts? Any outstanding concerns, issues, complaints, um, addendums, anything on last week's uh, UVA stuff conversation? Not really. I mean, I'm assuming somebody already mentioned that we didn't do the good old song. Yes. Yes. That was yeah. that was a point of discussion. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, I don't have the list in front of me and. Frankly, some of my picks were probably pretty stupid, so totally ready to put it in the past. But you learned who the old hat tosser was, so that was a positive experience for you. Yeah, that makes sense. I think if you asked me before the show who it was, I would have correctly identified the person. But yeah, um, I, I, I didn't know that it was like a signature wrestling move that he, <laughs> that he did um, you know, multiple times or whatever. Old hat tosser. Um, I still think the Chris Long L might be my absolute overarching favorite, but um, Ferber, you also missed uh, during your uh, power outage. You missed Dave introducing himself on the on the podcast tonight by saying that the redness on his on his skin from being at the lake or whatever had finally subsided, and he said, "I can finally be out in public again." Which. Uh. Um, I, I just want to know that had I, nothing I, to do with the sun. I was all about that team draft. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Um, but so that's the, that's the current... throwing like vegetables at you in the streets. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the redness. The lady from Game of Thrones is 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 ringing the bell as he walks through. Um, also, the uh, the owner of uh, AFC Richmond, I believe, same actress. Oh, that is you're correct. You are correct. <laughs> um, gosh, I used to know her name right off the top of my head. Man, Who knew she could English. sing that well? Who, who knew? Um. Man, this is this got meta real fast. All right, let's talk about. We're just gonna um, cut all this. You know, we're not. We're this is all staying in the show. This is all. This is the show, right? As they say, this is the show. Um, so obviously, we we mentioned earlier, or I mentioned, not we. That was weird. I mentioned earlier that we were going to talk about some upgrades to Scott Stadium, and I wanted to make clear to the good people that these are not necessarily upgrades that we have heard about are coming. I'm not. I don't want to put anybody in a. Um, in a position of expectation and then, you know, thing X doesn't um, matriculate and you're like, well, that's stupid podcast. Uh, these are all ideas. All right. So we're, we're discussing things we would like to see who wants to start us off on that. Who wants to get us going? I vote not Dave. me. That's all I know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna volunteer Dave to be. Uh, I'm gonna volunteer his first, Dave. I love his it. first his first thing is what he wants to be able to buy tickets that are for sale. Yeah, don't get me started on that. Wait, that's a so whole wait, hold on, pause. Did you guys do that thing again where you like talk about the thing that's going to be on the show without talking to me about it? Well, we I had a very specific, we had a very specific season ticket holder conversation. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I got you, guys, got you. All right, so do you want to, Dave? How do you want to explain this? <laughs> the ticket situation. I don't think it's that good was that was yeah, that was just a joke. let's not anger our, <laughs> let's not anger our partners. Oh uh, <laughs> well, I, you know what? I tried to get some scuttlebutt onto the show. Yeah, so if it was now good, all I'd the people me, I'd share it. now. Let's just say the that, tools haven't always caught up to like what's actually there or whatever. Yeah, you know? interesting. And that, I don't think that's a UVA problem specifically. I think sometimes these ticketing systems are not like aligned exactly with yeah. the inventory. Yeah. I'll get the cliff notes versions now that people won't be bugging me. Um, so it's, uh, I have a friend who's not able to renew a season ticket this year who sits right behind me and I was going to buy his season ticket for this season. Um, and they won't let me because if I buy his season ticket, there won't be more than there'll only be a single seat beside it. 
So my point was, if he renewed, there would also still be a single seat beside it. So now we have. Yeah, you're just transferring the ownership basically from one person to another. So stupid. Absurd. I I do actually have one that I would like to start with, and it's sort of an overarching thought. It's not like one idea. Um, I think one thing I would like to see them do is improve the value of season tickets. incentivize people to become season ticket holders because my theory is if you're a season ticket holder i mean i'm sure they're not everybody goes to every game i you know i had a wedding last year missed a game i'm gonna miss another one this year um but i think you know you're more like you're sort of like pot committed i think as a season ticket holder so i think getting as many season ticket holders as you can is a good strategy and i'm sure that's what their strategy is but I would do like little things like give, give season ticket holders like a different line to go to for concessions because those lines can be long or um, yeah, some sort of discount like pro teams do um, for different things. And maybe they get, you know, like uh, inc- sort of like the incentives we've seen for these like NIL memberships that you can get. Um, yeah. Like, you know, where it's like you get access to like a practice or something and, and just give people a reason to like say, you know what, like I could just go to three games um, but I would rather just get season tickets and, and, and get some of these like rewards and, and the perks. And if I miss a game or two, I can sell them. That's fine. But I, yeah. I, I think that just makes people more likely to show up when maybe they don't have a commitment that day, but they're like 50, 50 on going to the game. If you already have season tickets, then you're just probably more likely to go. And then I think you start to develop those things that Dave has developed over the years. You start to know the people around you, um, there's more of like a sense of community with the people. You're not just like sitting in one section, one game and a different one, the next, and you don't, you know, it just feels like a different experience. So I would just, I mean, there's a lot of different ideas that you could throw into this idea um, for things that they could do. But yeah, I think that's kind of where I would start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, that was one model list for sure. Um, I was playing around with thoughts today, like how you could tie it into an NIL, but it's just, I just think it gets too into the, university can't be associated with it part of it we don't have a um, lawyer on the show yeah <laughs> but you know but yeah more access you know maybe you know the, just simply you know they have things for perfect attendance every now and then you know pre-covid they would have a a meeting for season ticket holders or perfect attendance where they got to like hear what's going on behind the scenes um but yeah more of that because you know, there isn't a differentiation between season ticket holders and individual game ticket holders. Um, right. Right. And uh, yeah, I don't know how you do it other than like, you know, Virginia, anytime you can sell season tickets, it's a good thing because right. someone buys one, they're likely to buy another. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's you now look, we can, we know like if Virginia was winning nine, 10 games a year, this wouldn't be a discussion. Um, but yeah, as a season ticket holder, I'll tell you the only reason I do it now is just, you know, it, that's another, you know, signal, you know, mm-hmm. another signal of my fandom um, because I could have gone to every game and sat in my same seat for a lot less money. Um, hopefully that won't be the case as the team gets better, but you know, it, it definitely is, it's definitely a, it definitely is a, a sore point for me. I just don't, I don't know what the answer is. It seems like they're trying to do more. And if I have a hunch, I think season ticket sales are probably up a little bit this year. Um, but yeah, it, something simple like if it's just throwing in a chair back and not making us pay extra for that. Uh, that um, was actually you know, it's really funny party. you said that. Like, yeah, that, like was that was going to be my stuff. that was going to be my my idea it was like for all right for season ticket holders you get a you get, if you would if you want one, 
right? You can get a, a seat back for no no charge, right? Yeah, we can get them. Um, we just got to pay for them. And I think yeah. a lot of times you have, it's not just the EVA problem, but um, I don't know, Dave, what you think? Like, there's like a, there's like a core group, not counting students. Like there's a pretty core group of season ticket holders that, um, and I know this, but just cause looking from looking at the stands through like the London years, um, when attendance really started to wane and then into the Bronco years where it picked up, but not, didn't get back to where it was. And now, um, like you can tell there's like a core of like, I don't know, what would you say? Like 20,000 people that are like routinely it's a there. Less than that, yeah. yeah. I mean, and then you get obviously a lot more people that come, but like you get those people at the, the guy in front of us with the Cape and all that, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. always there. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, those people, um, and there's like a core group in it. And I think sometimes the tendency for schools or, or even pro teams is like, you take those people for granted and you're like, we're going to get them no matter what. So let's try to focus on people right. that we might get, or we might yeah. not get, but then you end up kind of like, and I know I've heard, uh, yeah, I didn't have tickets in or whatever, but like I've heard the stories about the the reseeding thing that went down, however long ago it was, mid two thousands, um, and how that is an example of like you had a group of people that was much larger than let's say eighteen thousand that were happily going to every game, and some of those people would have dropped off regardless, but um, you know you sort of like took took them for granted and we're like, well, they'll just have to deal with this change while we try to like make things better for the people who may or may not come. It's like, sometimes just focus on the people who are like your, your, your 18,000 or so people that are always there. And then like the 12 to 20,000 people that are there a lot, you know, and then try to kind of like make sure that those people keep coming and bringing their friends and stuff. Um, I, I think, all right. So check this out. I feel, and you guys, you know, you can chime in, obviously, at any point if any of this doesn't make any sense. But I feel like in a lot of ways, um, if you think about sort of what the experience is like, and if you want to make any changes to it, you sort of have to start here. Like, I think that there's a lot that they could do right off the bat that makes things easier. Now, some of that's going to require um, upgrades to the stadium that are going to cause some um you know, some, I don't want to call it growing pains, but, you know, more amenities, um, you know, I, I think they need to do a better job of having things, um, you know, having a, a greater selection of things and stuff. You have to make that experience better. I think the in, like the in-game experience, they've tried to do several things. I don't know if they've necessarily caught on the way that they were intended, right? Um, I, I don't know... I, I, I'm going to say this and I please, I promise no shade to whoever the gentleman is, but the guy who walks around and asks like the trivia questions and stuff, it just feels like noise in a lot of ways. Like, I don't know if it's engaging. Yeah. It's just um, like filling time. Yeah. And I, and I understand and he's, a, he's doing his job, you know, yeah, no, whatever, he is. And, and he does a good job and I'm not, I'm certainly not throwing any shade, please. I'm not, I promise. I'm just saying like, I don't know. I understand where that came from. I just don't know if, if having that a aspect of it, right? Like they, they had some things with a mod trying to like do some uh, talk, some football, which I thought was interesting, but I could never really hear it. Um, but then again, sound has always been an issue in Scott stadium. Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of little things that you can point to that make the overall experience better. And you don't have to necessarily, you know, uh, move a mountain, right? You just have to move a, a series of really small Hills, right? But beyond that, I think that you, what y'all are talking about really gets at the heart of the issue, which is how do you turn 
you know, people who come to games and the people who come to games all the time, you know, and a lot of that, frankly, UVA just can't compete. Right. And what I mean by that is like people's lives are busy and, you know, you're going to have a handful of Saturdays in the fall where stuff just happens. Right. Um, you know, whether it's reasons that you need to be that you need to miss a game that are expected, you know, weddings, birthdays, all that fun stuff. You know, you have illnesses. There's a lot of reasons, right? Uh, weather, distance, all that fun stuff. In the older sort of idea that you'd have a bunch of people who lived in the town, who lived nearby, and those folks would go to a game, right? Um, if you think about sort of the people who are going to drive to Charlottesville for a football game right now, who are they? Where do they live? What do they do? How do they get there? What why, what brings them there? And that sense of community, that sense of like belonging to a greater, larger group, I think that for UVA games was a much bigger part of the puzzle than the football was, which, you know, for a lot of us who were, you know, real fans and stuff like that was a, that was always like one of those things like you just, ugh, you know, and then grow wanted to wear orange and nobody dresses up and then there was friction. And then, you know, ever since then, there's just been this weird sort of chilling effect between sort of the people who want to go and cheer for the team and the people who want to go and be part of the experience and the trick, I think, for UVA is to figure out how you can get make make both of those people ha- both of those groups of people happy. Um, and I feel like, on some level, that's a very nuanced, daunting thing. But what you guys are getting at, like the incentives that a season ticket holder has to really go to all the games, like it, it whether it's you know access to to athletes or coaches, you know whether it's swag, whatever it might be. Like you have to give the, there has to be something significant, right? Um, you know, you did perfect attendance in school. They gave you a little piece of paper. Um, you know, you, you know, Dave's talking about like when, you know, he would, you know, get to go to these like almost like listening sessions, so to speak. Right. Or these chances for them to, you know, talk to administrators and stuff like that's really like a pre social media, you know, pre like the university could put out video packages anytime it wanted to sort of thing. Right. Um, so I kind of feel like on some level, if you, if you come up with something that gives folks an incentive that they might actually want, and I don't mean like a koozie, right? I'm not talking about a t-shirt, right? I'm talking about a real tangible thing that you're willing to give to people in mass, right? Ideally you would have like 40,000 of them, right? And you would love to give out 40,000 of this thing. Um, I don't know if it's a price reduction. I don't know, whatever it might be. But I think that's a great place to start. I think you just, um, and I think they already, I mean, Dave, I think you know this better than I do, but like individual game tickets are more expensive than they are as season tickets. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you paid through the ticket office for them. Yeah. Yeah. At least marginally. So yeah, I guess on the secondary market, you can get a $40 ticket for 30 bucks or whatever. Um, or eight. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's part of the thing too, is like, you can kind of like to piggyback on what you were just saying, Brad, I was just thinking this, like, you would think that these two things would work in harmony, but sometimes I feel like they might not. And that is, do you want to improve the game experience and take whatever windfall you get from that? Or do you want to make money? And I think like a lot of times those two things work together, right? More people at the games equals more money. (laughs) So selling alcohol to fans equals more money. money. Um, But I think sometimes, um, I'll just say it this way. Like how many uh, Brandon Armstrong got hurt and everything, but like, I remember Dave, we were talking about this leading up to the game. The tickets were overpriced. Like 
there were people that would have gone to that game, I bet, if the tickets were more reasonably priced. And and I don't know which, really which game are we referring to here? The Notre Dame game. Oh, okay, gotcha. And it, I mean, like you could say, like, well, they can't lower them too much because that. But it's like, what's who cares? Like, what, what do you care? Like, yeah. Would mean, you rather take thirty dollars from fifty thousand people, or take a hundred? You know, I mean, I don't know the math. That's probably I bad. Got you. But I'm saying, like, would you rather take thirty thirty dollars from ten thousand more people, or zero dollars from those right. ten thousand people that right. are like, I'm not gonna pay. You right. I, I don't want us to I don't want I certainly don't want to pretend like the gate is not an, a significant portion of the budget. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I know like, there's only so much you can do. Right. Right. Yeah. But but at the end of the day. Right. It's much more important for the program to have a bunch of people there pulling for the team than it necessarily is for the program to make a bunch of money from the people who did come to pull for the team. Right. And that's where I don't know what the calculus is for them there, because they might look at it the other way and be like, we really need the dollars. I'm sure from a, from a bean counter sort of perspective, right. From somebody who's looking at the numbers, that's, but I'm saying like, it's almost one of those things. It's like, you sometimes you got to spend money to make money. Right. Like, I feel like what they need, what UVA should do in this situation is spend the capital that they have, um, in terms of getting the whatever they got to do to get the people to the games and then let that sort of catch on. The problem here, and if we can just call the spade a spade, is they haven't had a whole lot of success. And yeah, absent it's not of success, quote unquote, cool. right. And absent of success, nobody has team, you know, nobody has stadiums that are full anymore, right? Um, there has never been more competition for people's time and attention um, than there is now. Um, you know, I was thinking in the post-COVID sort of world, which maybe maybe this fall feels more like that than last fall did. Um, but I was I'm really you know considering like this summer and stuff. You're going to see more people kind of going out and doing stuff. Like certainly, if you look at the prices for you know whether it's vacations or whatever, right? Um, I went to see a movie the other day, and I was astonished by the number of people that were in there. Right, like people are going out and doing stuff. Um, the trick is going to be by fall making folks want to go out and do that. There's this whole uh, there's this whole idea that like there's only but a handful of times in your life that you're going to switch your grocery stores, and like the grocery stores are very cognizant in terms of like gobbling up data because they want to be able to target you exactly the time when you're about to have a baby or when, when those moments are, because then they want to flood you with stuff to try to get you to come there. Right. This seems like one of those times for people and their behavior. Right. Because this, this fall, more people will be out than the last two falls combined. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Right. And new coaching staff, you know, you got it. You got a new, exactly. You got a new coaching staff. you, you know, you've got a good quarterback. There's a lot to like uh, about sort of where the program is headed. Um, certainly, we've talked a lot about sort of what Tony and his and his folks have sort of uncovered in terms of the roster, and maybe they were more question marks than they expected, and that kind of stuff. But from a program standpoint, like this should be an opportunity for them to sort of, um, you know, to make some hay. But at the same time, I think the old the old ways of looking at the schedule and attendance and stuff like I don't necessarily know if people are coming for great games as much as they're going for they want to come and see the team play well and win. Right. Like, granted, you bring in, you know, if if, if UVA is playing me, Dave and Ferber and like, you know, a whole bunch of schmoes. Well, nah, they're not. You know, if people don't care about they're going to beat us 180 to nothing. Right. But what they do want is they want to see Virginia play football against teams that they know and play well they don't necessarily need them i don't think to be like 
setting the world on fire. Certainly, Brendan Armstrong will help, you know, move move the needle by himself because of the season he had last year. But I just feel like at, at its most basic level, it's up to the administration and to the athletic department to decide: like, do we want to make this thing fun, or we do, or we do, or do we want to just set the prices of the tickets so that we can, you know, make the most money? I feel like sometimes maybe not making the most money is actually the best decision for the program, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean. I'm trying not to go on a five minute rant here, but I do no, think like, hey, I don't, I don't a, want this to seem, <laughs> I don't want this to seem like they're not making improvements because they did some stuff last year. You know, mm-hmm. they, they let you take beer. I wanted to bring that things, up. Yeah. You know? um, and I've said it before in previous podcasts, but UVA remains the most family friendly stadium in the Atlantic coast conference. If not in the power five, you know, there's no other, no other stadium you can go to where, you know, you and your kids can go up and hang around the, you know, the, the mezzanine or go to the top of the hill or, you know, it, it's different and, and still see the game. Right. Um, so they definitely have some positives. Um, so they're, they are making strides and, you know, I get the, you know, the pricing argument and all that. Cause you know, I just, I want more fans in the seats. Uh, Cause I mean, maybe not the ones right beside me, but <laughs> the rest of them. Um, but yeah, when you look around, you know, I was just looking while you guys were talking, like, you know, Virginia Tech's cheapest season ticket is $350. Um, mm-hmm. And that's for, and that includes a $25 donation. Like you cannot buy a ticket there without donating. Um, you know, they're five, $600 in the premium seats with bigger donations. Um, now some of that's winning, but you know, Virginia does have some, the same things I think sometimes we see as advantages can be disadvantages, like, you know, acts, you know, an hour from Richmond, an hour and a half from DC. Yeah. Um, you know, when Blacksburg, because they won for so long, you know, down there, it's an event for them. It's a weekend, you know, they, they're going down there Friday, almost all the hotels down there are two night minimums. People aren't going there just for the game. And I think you can say that's more inconvenient, but you know, I think if you're a Virginia fan who lives in the, say the West end of Richmond, something might come up and you decide not to go that day because you were just planning on leaving that morning. Um, also talking about the people in that local Saturday, area right? that have like, like Brad was talking about people in the local area, like embracing the team down there. They have a lot more of that. I think like, yeah. And, and then just, a, you know, they have a bigger alumni base, whatever, but I, mean, I think that all boils down to the winning aspect. And look, I mean, the last, the last game we saw before COVID was, you know, the win over tech. And that was now look, there were Hokies there, but nothing like previous years. And that stadium had electricity. It would have been interesting to see if that momentum had carried into the 2020 season. Um, and then 2021, we don't know, like, I'm sure there's many people who weren't comfortable being in the stands yet. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe there's an uptick coming and I'm a little encouraged looking at, you know, looking at what seats are available right now. I think there is going to be a bigger, I'm interested to see the final season ticket numbers as we get closer to the season, but I feel like that's improving. Um, so yeah, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, I think they've done some stuff that's positive. Um, but yeah, you guys are right. Like, you know, just the simple, I, I don't know what it is, but you know, make it, I like Justin's idea about, um, having concession areas just for season ticket holders. Like you'd only need three really, you know, one on each side and one at, the top of the hill or something yeah and you just, give everybody like a card which is pretty yeah. common with ticketless entry now yeah. and just be like here's your you, if you have a card you can be in this line boom and then you don't have to spend every like 15 minutes with somebody putting x's on your hand yeah and <laughs> hopefully one day then all of you 
maybe there's only one for people who aren't season ticket holders. Um, but you know, it's, I get it. Like you got to get people in there and get them to buy the season tickets, but ultimately it comes down to winning. Um, and hopefully they'll do more of that. Um, but I, I do think there's some, I don't know. I think there's some little tweaks Virginia can make. Um, I'd like to move the students from where they are. Like I like how they, when they spill over onto the Hill, but I think their noise gets lost in the game. Um, I think this yeah, is I'd where be... we can sort of transition into like material changes. We yeah. Make. Yeah. And just like, well, I did want to say one thing. I, and and mm-hmm. this is something that literally just happened. Cause I was at the chiropractor and my chiropractor has this whole sh- deal where you like, if you're a, a patient who comes there, regularly they give you like this little card and you don't even have to check in you just walk in hit you know tap the little card on a little thing it checks you in it tells them you're there you do the same thing when you're in the exam room and it pulls up your stuff like there's really no reason in today's world with the technology that we have right that that there isn't a lot more interactivity stuff like that in stadiums right like when you go in you know like think about like if if you go like on like to disney or something right like they're able to you tap a little thing, they're able to take all the pictures of you on a ride and get that straight, right? And and they're attached to your account because you clicked in with your card. There's really no reason they don't give season ticket holders like a card that they can tap into, whether it's making you go through lines faster. Like you could, there are lots of incentives that you can give to season ticket holders, short of like, oh, the only people who can buy alcohol are season ticket holders, right? Like there's a lot that you can do from a technological standpoint that. Yeah, there are probably some upfront costs and some, you know, some bugs you got to work out and, and kinks in the system. But like, think about like the experience, right? Why, why do people want to become season ticket holders? Why do they want to keep going to games, right? Make whatever you can do to make things easier, make it easier. Whatever you can enhance, enhance it. And I think like little stuff like that. And I mean, I understand I just probably spent a couple million dollars to put readers and all this fun stuff everywhere. Um, but I'll call it for I, that. I, but I was just going to say, like, I know, I, you know, I'm calling it li- every little thing you can do. But, like, think about, like, there, think about all the different things you could think through that would be great for, 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 for a season ticket holder in the stadium if they had a card attached to an account that they could do stuff with. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that earned them points for different things, and then you cash those points in for stuff. Like, you, 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 a lot of these things in, in our current sort of society, the gamification of things, like, people love that stuff. You know what I mean? So anyway, and right, you could do about- it. You could do it for people that get like the mini plans too, because yeah, I know that they, yeah, they push those pretty hard. I would, and then also like I don't want to completely discount the fact that they still do not to completely contradict what I already said, but they still do need to get those empty metal bleachers full of people that aren't season ticket holders and won't be. You know what I mean? So like, right, whatever that means, and I've kind of given up to some extent on like full crowds. Like, and that's kind of sad, but it's true. Like, I mean, they haven't sold out a game in like, I don't even know. Um, they've come close a few times. Um, yeah. And but, you can make the argument that one way you do that is by recruiting more Virginia kids. Yeah. Um, and that I wrote that in the thing last week. I was like, it gets more people engaged in like your local, the, they become sort of more of a local team in a sense. Yeah. I mean, their friends come, they bring their whole team. Like you see it when. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've seen Virginia, you know, Virginia kids that they're the big groups that come to see them. That helps. Um, now I'm not saying the out of state guys don't do that on occasion too, but right. You get a roster that's 50% Virginia. You're going to get yeah quite a bit few, more, a few fans. You know, I think it's, it, it's, it's not necessarily fans. like, all right. So like player X comes from, you know, 
Chantilly High School, and so everybody in Chantilly decides to come to the game. But it's more about like if there's a vibe among you know you, that a lot of the guys who are playing for the team are from the state, and there's that feeling, right? Ultimately, like I think that that's something that would move the needle more than necessarily like people who know someone directly and all that fun stuff. I do think from a success standpoint, like we can talk about experience all day, but ultimately, right? People don't come to come to games when the team loses. Um, you know, we we we've commonly done a thing where we would sort of look at the schedule and be like, oh man, like if they're X and X at this point in the season, nobody's coming to this game, you know, because of where it was in the schedule and who the opponent was and all that fun stuff. I, I think that if you think about, like we talked about earlier with the, the aspect of like the, the, the competition for people's attention, like it is so easy in today's world to just watch the game on TV. Right. Yeah. Um, and especially if you got, you know, you got a ways to drive, you got kids, whatever that case may be. Um, so I feel like the product on the field, you, you have to give them something they can't see just by watching the game on television. Now, if and that can be outside of football too. I mean, exactly like, for absolutely yeah. for 100%. Like if the announcers continue to be terrible, which I don't know what has happened. Has it always been this bad or is it just so many different games on television now that we I have think, really stretched ourselves thin in terms of the people who should be able to do that? I, I think it's more the latter. And I think it's, yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, like the ACC network in particular, like kind of launched as COVID was happening and yeah. they're still doing a lot of remote broadcasts and stuff like that. I and really I think that will be a thing of the past. I think that really does like make an impact because like when those dudes come to Charlottesville, like let's say for a basketball game and cover it, they meet with the coaches of both teams and you know, like there's more involvement in what's going on. They're seeing things with their own eyes when they're calling them from their living room or whatever, they're like looking at the game notes three hours before and like, you just do the best you can. Right. So I think that's a pretty big drop ball. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I think um, not to move the conversation along, like I'm a debate moderator here, but um, I mean, I think, you know, I think they are taking steps to get more people there and they're, they can take more, but you know, when you get them there, it's gotta be a, not just on the field, you know, it's gotta be something memorable. And I think, Scott Stadium and the, and the uniqueness of it, um, I, mean, I think it lends itself to, I mean, little kids love it, you know, especially if you take them out on the hill and they can run around and get their energy off. They, they have fun. Um, but, you know, it's not the most comfortable seating arrangement. That, like there's some changes they can make, and I understand it's it comes with an expense and they're trying to build a facility and, you know, everything else they've got going on. Um, but, yeah, it you've got to make it more comfortable to be there. Um you know, they, I'm trying to think of some stuff they've done other than, <laughs> other than beer and beer and wine, but you know, they, they certainly improved the wireless last year. Um, yeah, I don't feel like that's a big problem. No, I mean, it, it was 2019. It wasn't great. Um, I used to hear the stories before they did all the ting stuff that yeah. it was like really bad. Um, but for, you know, for me as like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty, you know, I, I hear I'm a diehard. So like, I don't really care about it during the game. At halftime, it's a big yeah. deal to me. Yeah. All the stuff I follow on Twitter, all those people were there. <laughs> so, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk after the game. Yeah. Um, but for the casual fan, that's a big deal, right? Um, for the kid who doesn't care, and so dad can watch the game or mom can watch the game, that's that does matter. Um, but, yeah, I know I've talked about it before, but, I mean, 
maybe they don't want to do it because they want to fill up the stadium. But to me, like seat backs and at least the entire lower deck should be pretty high on the priority list. Um, even if it means sacrificing five to 10% of capacity down there, if not more. Um, and so honestly, thinking, they can, they can sacrifice it. Yeah. And they, and they because, can, I don't want to, because they're not filling the place. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, their hope is that they will one day, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, like Carolina little, took little. like what eight thousand seats out of their stadium or whatever, and it sells out and looks the same to me on TV, you know. So, yeah, I mean, not to not to nip, yeah, it, we've talked about it before. Like the visual of an empty aluminum bleacher versus an empty seat back is completely different. Yeah, that's, well, that's true. not why you're doing it, but it's crazy how how different it looks, especially when it's just that gray, like you know, aluminum. Basically, yeah, it looks like yeah. it doesn't look good. Should um, we talk about? Um, I, I, I want to do, what about audio vi- video? I feel like, Oh yeah, that's number two. That's a big improvement. I mean, area. I, I feel like, I don't think that's keeping people away, but like, no, certainly not. No, I agree with, but I see where, I think I know where you're going with that, which is yeah. like, it's not keeping people away, but it certainly could help enhance the experience, you know, and get, change the overall sort of vibe. Like the, the I mean, the, even if it's not full, like I still want the people to be there that are there all the yeah. time to have a good experience. I'd like to be able to hear know? what they're saying. You know, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the audio in and of itself. Justin experienced it last right. year. You can't hear ninety percent of what they say down there. Yeah, honestly, you kind of just tone it out. Like, yeah, you stop paying um, attention. But it definitely feels like they need more video. Like considering considering the number of cameras that are in that stadium, the amount of video that actually gets played. And where it gets played is actually a little bit interesting if you think about it. Like, why are there not like video boards everywhere? Right? Like, I understand technology is expensive. I'm not trying to spend everybody's money. But have displays ever been cheaper? Right? Like, you can put together, you know, a pretty compelling like video package. Like, think about like this how big is JPJ? Think about the number of places where you can see video in JPJ, right? Like, I understand that in the football stadium, because of the logistics, like a lot of people, you know, there's one big board, right? Because everybody can see it. But that board is not that big. And there are. And it used to be way worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not trying to say, like, hey, go back to the way it was. But it just, it just feels like there are lots of opportunities there for, for on the audiovisual side that aren't just yeah. ribbon boards. Why are people so addicted to ribbon boards? They don't do Ads. anything for me. Right. Uh, I, uh, now that uh, I get, uh, I get why they're ads, but then it's just like constant, like, I want to see something, man. I don't necessarily need you to get, you know, like they had that thing where like, it would be like some dude's eyes come up. Oh my like, God. I was just was thinking about that. I was, so that was creepy. like, like, well, back that in the day, that was like the, that was like cutting edge technology was, or whatever. Fair. Yeah. But you see what I mean? Like ribbon boards are cool and all, I guess. But like, if, if you can't show me more video, like I would love to be in a place where you had so much, like so many opportunities for you to see a play. And there's the other thing. Listen, I know that there are a lot of people who come to football games for their own reasons. Many people come for the game. Many people come for the experience. Many people come for the, you know, hanging out with folks, right? Whatever that might be. But at the at its most basic level, it is still a football game. Show more of the game, right? Give me more yeah. replays. Give me more versions of the same thing over and over again. You know, if you have a main board that's always showing what's live, if you got some other boards, give me some replays. Show me where the spot was. Like, let let Brad fly's drone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see. Like, I know they're trying to like protect the, um, you know, the look of the stadium with the columns in the background by not putting a big gaudy scoreboard up there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think with the technology today and the screens getting lighter, like they could definitely widen 
the scoreboard they have now yeah. by probably six, eight, ten feet. I think they're then, easily for an upgrade. Yeah. Then you could have the center part, you know, what they do now and the sides, like show me a clip from another game. Show me a clip from another game over there. Show me up the you know, show a different angle on each one. Can you know, um, and, and let's be real about something else. For the vast majority of people who go to Scott Stadium to watch a football game, the vast majority of people, that's the stadium they go to, right? So like they they might not yeah, they, they're not going to like Maryland. To exactly. So, like, make yeah. that the best experience you can for them. You know, um, give them a reason to keep coming back to that stadium. It's the one they go to. Make it so they don't want to miss a game. Yeah, um, and call me crazy. I've often thought, you know, I'm I sit behind the goalpost. We've talked about it many times. Um, I think there should be another video board on the upper deck behind me. Yeah. Um, I've even thought if it about means that you lose those seats right behind it. Um, People don't sit there. Yeah, you know, and then you can put a couple speakers there. You can do alternate, you know, angles or whatever, or or duplicate it. But you know, not it. The people on the hill have to turn around and look at the scoreboard, you know, if they want to see the replay. So make it easier Could for those you, people. This is a hot. This is a crazy idea. I just thought of. Could you just like this would be terrible? Nah, you can't do it. Wow, I was gonna say that was a roller coaster re- of emotions, right yeah, there. I was gonna say, could you theoretically just, re- you know, you talked about protecting the look. Could you just remove that scoreboard altogether and then put a new one on the other side? Um, like I guess work. you're gonna have to move seats. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, that wouldn't work for anybody that's on that side because, like, even on the hill, you can kind of look up and see the scoreboard from where we're from where like we are. It wouldn't work. Anyway, you know, they have the nice curve on the end of the stadium. They make curved screens yeah. now. You know, you can duplicate that look. Yeah, you um, can definitely do. I mean, I can tell you, I went to a Caps game a few weeks ago, um, and we sat in the uppers, and they have really, really fixed it. So what they did, Brad, basically, was what you said. They have a massive scoreboard now above the game, and then in each corner, they have, like, a massive scoreboard just for the corner, like, upper corner. And it's like you're looking, you know, you, you look down at, I don't know, 70 degrees or whatever, and you, you're looking at the game, if you look straight forward, you're looking at a massive screen with all kinds of stats and replays and different things. So they definitely have, like, changed that. So, like, I don't have to, like, try to find the main scoreboard to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and I don't want to speak like an expert on the video stuff, but from Some my understanding, like, the, uh, yeah. you know, those big those big advertisements you see permanently on the, on the screen helps pay for them. So, there's yeah. got to be someone, you know, there's plenty of tech companies based in Charlottesville now. Um, you know, here's a chance to, sh- you know, do some advertising. And I think it, you know, I-, I love the idea of making this, making the screen bigger and just making it more fun. And, you know, that kind of ties into what Brad was talking about earlier. Like I-, I do think they forced a lot of stuff between plays, you know, during TV timeouts, um, you know, let the band play more. Give me more of a college atmosphere. I think you can still, yeah. like, that's what's unique about college sports. Um, don't try to make it, they almost make it feel like an NBA game now. Yeah, that, that that's what I was um, going for earlier, is that it feels yeah, like yeah. an NBA game, which is... But then you watch, like, an SEC game, and it's like the band plays after every play. Exactly. It just exactly. feels, it feels like the game you watched 25 years ago. It makes the game feel like a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more you show, the, and that's the other thing, too. I really do believe this. The more you show the football... The more you make the game the center of attention, right? The it's not it's not necessarily like you're not gonna you're not gonna entertain people, and they're gonna be like, man, let's go to the football game. Yeah, there's a circus that happens in the during during the TV timeouts, but we'll put up with the game so we can get that. Like that's yeah. not how people think, right? You got to make the game the centerpiece. All right, how do you enhance the game? 
right? JPJ did that. I mean, uh, the first couple of years there, they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff before game, before tip off, like before the lineups. Yeah. And then they cut, they scaled it back to like a, an acceptable level. Yeah. <laughs> just like, it's not did. bad. Like they have good pregame stuff. Yeah. But now it's they about got a, basketball. They got a big old jumbotron, right? That now has in like four different directions. Well, five actually, if you count and then under down the court. Yeah. Right? So everybody can see it, and they show the game. They they like you know, and I mean, heck, even I would tell you like they need to do more like replays. Um, and the pregame stuff is just sort of like, here's a good video introducing the team. Here's the lineups. You're gonna hear and see everything very easily. Right. Let's tip the game off. It's so funny <laughs> to me that like if you think and about JPJ, it has yeah. so many more speakers. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> then tying it back into the NIL stuff, like you know, using those. TV timeouts and stuff to show highlight clips of particular players, you know, run their ads. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Run, run, the, their, yeah, ads. run their ads. You put their social up there, you know? Yeah. Trust me. We're Instagram. not listening to the, tr- like the, the little shell game is fun. You can do that every now and then, but we don't need every timeout filled with that. Um, yeah. Those, those things have, have gotten a little long in the tooth. You know? Yeah. Especially yeah. like I can tell you, I'm sure Brad, you probably agree. Like when you're at the basketball games, especially it's like, damn, how many games do they play during these? Because, like, they do it before the game, too. Like, And it's like, all right, like, supermarket, guess how much something costs. Like, I've I mean, listen, I love guessing. Me- I, I, look, like, I love to guess how much that box of spaghetti costs, you know. <laughs> um, but then there's, you know, there there's the Diamond Direct where you, you know, where you where you have the, the person who tries to find Cavman in the crowd. And I'm like, like, these things can per- can can sustain, right? The trick is, is you also have to do the other stuff to make the game interesting, right? Um, it can't be just like, oh, what's the, what's the halftime act, right? Um, and so I, I feel like there's a lot that they can do from an audiovisual standpoint, especially if you pair that with technology, right? Yeah. Um, you've never also, you know, they've tried several times to have some sort of app experience thing where, you know, your phones light up and, you know, and they always look lame, right? Um, it's not, and that's no shade at anybody. I'm just saying, like, if you don't have, if you don't have mass for that, it's just they're never going to really work. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, like there's a lot of things you can do and then there's some some probably some things to avoid and that feel like that's one of those man i mean to me it feels like the clear number one is audiovisual and cbax is pretty close to it and number two and you know there's a lot of stuff you know there's parking there's all this other stuff parking would probably be my number one yeah, I mean, I but think it's it not for easy to too, fix. but I understand yeah. what it is like it is. Exactly. Um, yeah, I can't fix it by just being like, well, duh, idiots, just do this thing. Like, there isn't an easy fix. But I think it's one of the big detriments to keeping regular folks that might not come all the time from coming. There's plenty yeah. of people around Charlottesville that are, are like, like, let's say, let's not say in Charlottesville because now you could just like Uber. Um, but you know, like in orange County, for example, and it's like, all right, I'm going to go down to the game. That's cool. Um, you know, but I'm like 65 and now I have to park like a mile and a half away. And yeah, there are shuttles, but it's not always easy to get that information. And people are like, there's no, you can't just like drive up and park like the old days. So people can, okay. That's a, that's a problem for, I think for a lot of people, they're like, how do I get in and out of there? That's a great, can, can we talk about the traffic situation? Mm -hmm. Can we just talk about this real quick? You can enhance the That's experience of people. No, 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 no. This is, listen to me. I'm going to speak on, one, the traffic situation, and two, the people who work at the stadium. Okay? <laughs> listen. And, oh, boy. <laughs> this goes over in the next week's podcast now. <laughs> listen. 
It's also worth noting for the record that Brad gets like a special entrance. He gets shuttled to and from the gate and he still is like, I got a lot of complaints people. But no, okay, but that's exactly my point, right? Guys, the people who do a lot of this stuff drive me insane, right? Like the tra- well, the traffic situation in general, like I feel like they could they could have a more um what's the way to phrase this? A more proactive approach. I feel like very much a lot of what happens for in traffic around Scott Stadium is very reactive, right, as opposed to proactive. Um, it is impossible in those lots because they're tight and such, so you're already sort of at a disadvantage because people are crabby in general, right? And then you have roads that are not like highways are, out exactly, of the stadium. Exactly, yeah. and, and so there's all that. But I feel like a lot of times the situation is made worse because a lot of the folks who are making decisions are making stupid decisions. And along those same lines, I feel like that a lot of the issues that you have trying to get people into the stadium come down to like the people who are trying to get them in the stadium. Now, I understand there's a lot that goes in that. There's bags to check. There's people. There's metal detectors and all this fun stuff. There's tickets and da 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 da. There has to be a better way to do it when you know that like a lot of these people are just simply not going to stop. They're not going to stop their tailgate early and come early, right? They're going to rush at the last second, right? I just feel like there's got to be some other way. I have had enough run-ins with those people to tell you that a lot of the things they do don't make a whole lot of sense. And there could be improvements. And I think that's all I want to say about it because I don't want to get, like, shanked. Um, yeah. But it just it – just, I, I just feel like – You're getting searched big time next time you go <laughs> You're getting the yeah. Wayne's World uh, Academy <laughs> search. I just I feel like if are. we're going to talk about the experience, that there's more to it right there's the getting there and the leaving from there that imp- that is part of the experience and they can make that better too That's i will right. say one thing with the and it's not the fault of the individual people working there it's the policy thing but the the alcohol thing is the dumbest most redundant <laughs> way to like get people all right so you have like all right, people who haven't been they take your one person looks at your id and then they dave you have to tell me if i'm wrong about this they give you like an x on your hand and then you go to another person who then has to look at your ID again and gives you a wristband, or sometimes it's like the same person. And then they put X's on the wristband for how many drinks you've had. And it just feels like the most redundant process. Um, I know they're being like extra careful because they're students of the game, but it's just like what it confuses the hell out of people who are like in line and they don't realize they have to like go see this other person who's like not directly in front of them to get in the line in the first place. And they're like, what am I doing? Um, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I like they've added to it. I think it's extra revenue and keeps people, it does get people in the stadium probably a little earlier than some. Yeah. Like I mean, I, yeah, it's definitely something I think about where I'm like, but I it doesn't seem to me lines. like it should cost that much to staff those. And if you remember, like, remember when we walked in the Virginia tech game last year, how long the lines were like mm-hmm. not long before kickoff, like th- none of those people got in before kickoff. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the traffic thing, I, I don't know how you fix it short of putting four lane roads through the middle of downtown Charlottesville there. I mean, middle of the campus there. Uh, sorry, the grounds. That's probably should be on our list for last week. Um, Again, <laughs> some of that stuff was implied. Yeah. We didn't have to name that's, every piece of okay, so We didn't have to name every that, piece of grass. Did you guys say that about the good old song? Yes. Because that's yeah. how I felt. I was like, I thought that was just sort of like we all know. Like yeah. That. But I get it. I understand why that would be a problem. I mean, I do feel like one of the... the um, the problems when you go to leave is pedestrians versus cars. Yeah, exactly. So if you, and then a lot of it's right there coming out of the gates, crossing the road as people are trying to get out to Alderman. Um, Everybody on Alderman's like George Costanza doing Frogger. 
with the yeah, Frogger machine. Exactly. I mean, if there were simply like, I know it's not very aesthetic, but if there was a pedestrian bridge overneath, over top that road and over top um, the next intersection, I think you would, you wouldn't have to stop traffic as much for people. Um, but you know, it's, it's small things like, you know, no one complains about that after a big win, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the difference. Um, but it's just like, like I've gone to many other states, almost every other stadiums like that, you know, except for Duke you can get out of there pretty quick. Um, Harsh, but true. Well, but yeah. college campuses in general, I mean, I, I worked for the university for a while and that was like the first day of our orientation. They were like, if you've ever worked for a university, you know that parking is impossible. You're not going to have a good parking spot. You're just going to have to deal with it. For the you, those of you who have not worked for a university, that's how it works. And you can now deal with it <laughs> because it's just like, there's all the parking, there's all the parking lots have been, you know, repurposed for buildings and things like that over the years. Um, and, you know, like the, the same person was like Charlottesville was the roads were designed for horses. <laughs> like, and there's only so much expansion you can do around the grounds. Um, I think the flow of traffic is sort of an issue and people don't always know where they're going and stuff like that. But yeah, ultimately it's just something that um, you have to deal with, but it kind of flow, it kind of goes to my larger point about like how I don't mind. I like walking. It's I'm, I'm still relatively young. I don't mind walking back to our parking spot. It's fine, but I could see a situation where in 20 years, I'm like, this is not great, you know? Um, and you know, D- Dave, I mean, you're a big proponent of the rickshaws. Um, <laughs> and I, I understand, like, it, it just makes it, it's one, one more hurdle for people to get there. And um, I, again, like what Dave was saying before, there's not an easy fix because, I mean, for those of you that are like at least a little familiar with what Scott Stadium looks like, which is most of you, I'm sure, um, you know, you have all those parking lots around the stadium that accommodate a lot of people, but those all go to people that pay a lot of money towards BAF you know, dues or whatever, um, to be able to get those spots. And that raises a lot of money for the university. So I can't see a situation where they're like, eh, like we don't want that money. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Um, and the further out you go, it's cheaper, but it's still not like really cheap. I mean, you're talking about, um, and this is where I think maybe they could make a change is like, they have some lots that don't fill up. I know for sure. Um, that they are charging. I don't remember how much it was, but it's like five times how much season tickets cost or something like that in VAF. 1750s do- a minimum. Right. In VAF donations just to get in the lot. And then you still have to pay for the parking. Um, and and that's get you one spot. And that's absurd. I mean, I think that's just way too much. And you're just going to price out people like, um, like us, frankly. I mean, I mean, we're, I'm not paying that like to, to park there. I'll walk a little further. Um, but a lot of people might see that as a deterrent to going to the game. And ultimately, there's no real way to do this, I don't think. But my my perfect scenario was that you somehow turn some of the parking lots into green space and let people do like a like you park elsewhere or in a garage or whatever. And then you can tailgate in the lot, which is now grass. Um, and that would allow for way more people to be in it. It becomes a kind of a cool tailgating atmosphere another draw to get people there. Um, and, and you kind of let your like more hardcore tailgaters go into that space. And the hardcore tailgaters are sort of spread out um, at UVA and a bunch of different places. So I think that would be a cool idea. I don't really think it's super feasible. There is that one big green space across the street from the South entrance, I believe. Um, is it South or North? I can't remember. Um, the, whatever side the, the hill is on. Um, 
there's like a huge green space across the street there. And I've always thought like, man, that would be a perfect place for them to do that. But um, I'm sure there are some hurdles and drinking and all the stuff that might make them a little sketched out about it. But that sort of stuff, I think, is what you need. You need to, like you guys are talking about with tech, I think you need to make it more of an experience for people that they can't miss. Um, in addition to good football, I think you have to um, ingrain it. It has to sort of become a cultural thing. And I think that's part of their biggest problem is like for UVA alums, for a lot of them, I think, you know, sports are a big part of it. But I think a lot of them just want to come back to Charlottesville whether it's for football or whatever. I think for tech students and alums, it's like a lot more about the actual football season. Right. So nobody's going to Blacksburg in like February for like the weekend. And Um, and I will say one thing that, that, and I mean, I have not been to a tech game in a few years, but one thing that I always find interesting is that like tech does, there's one of the, you guys were talking earlier about sort of the, the, um, why do people love college sports? Well, it's a, traditions and then this and that i feel like uva sort of got stuck doing a lot of changing you know they just didn't have any naturally formed they don't have an understanding to be well well well, it's just like you know there these things changed right so like what you you know the cavalier first down has has obviously been there for a long time and there are a handful of things obviously that have been there for a long time but so much of it between coaches and you know eras and what you know leadership and the athletic department stuff there have been a lot of changes um you know, Cavman was was a was like the video thing was was a big deal. Cavman ride on that out on the horse was a big deal. Um, you know, the now you think old about song. It. Should now that we can mention it on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that's um, something. Yeah, you know, I mean, so I think there's just you know there are there are some pieces there, but it, there's not a cohesive unit, right? Whereas if you go to like Blacksburg, I mean, you know, you know that they're going to do the thing where they bounce up and down. You know that you know that they're going to do the thing with the you know. The it. sounds that they make right before kickoff <laughs> and all that fun stuff. Um, and also, like, it, it, I think people care more about that stuff, so they're more invested in that part, but that doesn't make them some sort of, like, high uh, football IQ fan base. So correct. No, so, like, like, I'll go, I, like and I learned, that, I learned that because I went down there and was like, oh, this is a much more, like, football crazy place because that's what I've been told and blah, blah, blah. Right. And you go to the tailgates and the stadium's full, and I was like, yeah, people are definitely more into it. But people at the game still don't know, like, the rules and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So, right. so, like, I mean, not everybody. Obviously, every stadium has, like, diehard fans that know what's going on. But you have plenty of people who have, like, no idea who, the you know, like, the third down back is or the slot receiver is, but they're – just more into it because they've sort of been told to be and like it's in yeah that's what they grew up. yeah exactly that's what yeah. that's what's in there or like that that was something that they learned in their four right. years right like um, i don't want to call them virginia fans because we've been talking about tech a lot too but look i mean at tech it's cool to cheer like there's a lot of virginia people who don't think it's cool to get loud um <laughs> and it's weird because and, jpj has sort yeah, of because jpj is the opposite but yeah. jpj wasn't that way initially remember right like and there's still some of that. You go to the lowers across from yeah. the bench, you know. Of course, it's just not as widespread, you know. Yeah. Um, and that, like, that is what it is. But I think it's more taught to winning. Like, Virginia fans weren't going crazy at the end of shot clocks in the Lato era. You know, no. that thing came around. So maybe yeah, it doesn't have a lot to do with the building that they're in. I think that does help a little bit. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fan culture. And I think you have, like, there's a lot of buy-in there. Like, People are really in. People are coming for the games, you know, like Brad said. Um, and people are want to be loud because they want to win the games. Um, and maybe, and that's part of it too. Like I don't know if this is a Scott Stadium problem, but I think um, 
this is more of a ESPN thing. We're talking about like, you know, Virginia tech, it's kind of, I, I don't think that their atmosphere is terrible, but I think some of it's propped up by ESPN <laughs> um, a little yeah. bit because they, they just get to, you know, show that entertainment stuff for five minutes or whatever. I think, in a in a way like UVA basketball is, is in a league, the ACC that is still considered a premier basketball league. It feels like their games are more meaningful in the grand scheme of the sport. You know, even when it's not Duke or whoever in town, it's like the ACC is still considered one of the best leagues last year, notwithstanding. Um, in football, it does. I mean, and I think people are, have started like casual fans around the sport. It doesn't feel like ACC football matters on the grand scheme of like the whole college football sport, which I think drives some people from like the surrounding area around Charlottesville away. Um you know, like in the in the grow era, I didn't feel that way. Now it's like everything you hear about is about the SEC, um, and and you know, talk about announcer quality. I think that's part of it. Is just like the ACC is sort of forgotten. Um, so like when UVA plays Wake Forest, people are like, "Does this game matter? Like, you know, what are they playing for?" And, and you know, it matters to the fan bases, but I think it matters less in the grand scheme of you know what's going on in the game. And so I think, and that's a change. I don't know that if I mean, maybe you guys disagree, but in that Welsh era and the, in the grow era, I don't think it really felt that way. It felt like UVA was more on even footing with a lot of what was going on in the sport. Um, because you had like national title contenders in the league right. and stuff like that. Um, Dave, I want to give you the last word since this was sort of your topic. Um, and someone brought who Griff brought this one up, didn't he? Yeah. Justin. All right. Well, my, my mistake. Give it, uh, it was from our Q and A podcast, like a month gotcha, ago gotcha. or whatever. Um, but the so in that case, I'll take the last word because you know Griff's not here. Um, so I, I feel like if what we've talked about tonight, it, you know, hell, we did an hour on this, was pretty impressive. Um, I feel like a lot of what we talked about tonight is I don't want to say low hanging fruit because that that's probably not fair, but a lot of it seems to be maybe if you if you t- if you genuinely took like a straw poll, right. A lot of it, I think, would be somewhat consensus, right? I think at its most basic level, whatever you can do, um, like we talked about, to make the experience of the game itself, not of being in the stadium, but of the game itself, right? So whether that's getting to concessions, whether that's buying merchandise, uh, also for the record, they probably should really upgrade the merchandise um, opportunities in and around the stadium. Um but any anything you can do to to improve that, I think will it will stack, right? It doesn't it doesn't take a whole lot, um, and I do think you know there are some parts of Scott Stadium that probably could use some um, some attention, some upgrades um, in general. But yeah, I agree with that. I, I feel like there's there's a lot that they can do, and there's certainly a lot of options on the table. And I feel like we covered a bunch of them tonight, so good deal. Um, I think that's a good place to put a pin in, unless you guys have. Uh, Anything else for the good of the order? I just, I just like to think of the people that actually have control of the purse strings just listening to us and being like, you idiots. Do you think we wouldn't have done any of that if we could have? <laughs> <laughs> like, you not know about COVID? Well, you made pretty good money in that year. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, bought season tickets, folks. Do it. Yeah. Uh, if you're somebody out there who found the podcast, through the website. Thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. Uh, if you're somebody who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CavsCorner.com. Uh, this is a busy um, official visit week for UVA basketball. GJ Power, it, it'd be like there's like dudes just coming in. Jamie Kaiser, I'm not going to try to say 
um, Milan's last name. Um, Let's hear it. No, no chance. Um, so isn't okay, it so, just isn't it just like Momsilovich? I mean, maybe it is, but I let you say it, so that's all I needed. Um, but I'm not was, looking at it written out, by the way. So if I miss <laughs> like a an I or something in there, I apologize. <laughs> I caught up with Mark Hall, uh, the former Cavalier linebacker, who's now a defensive coordinator at Salem. Um, I'm going to start doing this as a kind of a, a soft pilot for a series of stories on with former UVA players who are now coaches. Um, so you'll see that periodically. Um, so that's on the site. Uh, Ferber did a thing on the Coastal Division, which actually I learned a lot uh, editing that. I was like, oh, man, there's there's like a lot going on. I learned a lot in writing the, it. In the, and in the, the hardest thing to figure out is like who Duke's quarterback is because there's like no information <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. And I was like, well, like, it's anyone's guess. Yeah. Um, Ferber did a recruiting breakdown last week talking about um, the in-state recruiting and they need to show sort of some more results. So anyway, um, check out all those links. They're in your uh, podcast app of choice or on the content item. Uh, for this show i want to thank my perfect franchise for their support of the website and of the program visit myperfectfranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you i also want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show and of course i want to thank david ferberg and graciously of their time as always and very much appreciate it ferber i'm very glad your power hung out with us uh through the whole show just about so so for david spence justin ferber and brad franklin publisher of thanks for coming out see you soon That's